and it's a big good morning or good afternoon wherever you are listening to another Step Outside podcast. You're with Paul Burt, host of Step Outside with Paul Burt and great to have your company. Now, you may have seen on our recent edition or segment of Step Outside with Paul Burt, we were fishing the, the mighty Richmond River at the beautiful township in northern New South Wales called Ballina. And I was with a couple of blokes, a couple of locals there who I have online. Now, uh, it's great pleasure and great to have you guys on board. Sean and Jay, how are you, fellas? Yeah, we're bloody good. Yeah, awesome stuff, mate. Hey, thanks for thanks for joining us. I've got to say the uh, segment came out pretty well, and uh, mate, the fishing at the moment is uh, pretty much red hot because there are a variety of fish that's moving around, uh, and it all starts with the bait. Guys, tell me about what you guys love before we get into the podcast about fishing because you know you guys are just you know you're just a couple of local lads who love to wet a line, and you've really uh, zoned in on that on that system where you live, so you know every nook and cranny. Tell me about you boys. What do you love it so much? Oh, I just love fishing, just to get out with my mates. You know, have a good time on the water. You know, rip some lips. You know, all that sort of business. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, what about you, mate? You enjoy it? Yeah, I just love the adrenaline birdie. It's um good fun when that wine starts feeling. It's it's, it's ne- all joy and happiness. And that's what it is, mate. It's all about that, mate. Uh, let's let's go back to when we went fishing, or how we how we met to start with. Is that you guys reached out on social media there and uh, and basically invited us uh, for a fish? That was pretty much on the money. Yeah, I think um, it all started. We just wanted to win that hundred bucks off you. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can keep sending, keep sending, it, keep sending those fish in, mate. There's, you can win twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're still trying. <laughs> well, Jay's got it once. <laughs> good, good stuff, mate. So yeah, you just uh, entered the outside adventurer competition. Uh, Jay won it with a, a magnificent fish, mate. Um, you invited us down. You back messaged us on uh, Facebook, I think it was, and said, "Hey, come on down, and we'll show you our neck of the woods." Uh, wanted to do that. This this episode's going to come out, the Jewfish one. Um, and uh, yeah, you said yes. Oh, we couldn't believe it. We were stoked and we wanted to jump in and have a crack straight away. So we got the GoPros out and tried to do a little bit of footage before you even came. And I don't know how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it turned out a treat. Um, and it's really nice to come down here. And that's the thing is, like, we're not exploiting your area, we're not exploiting a spot. We're showcasing the people because Jewfish are caught all around this amazing country of ours that people might be able to go, oh, that's a rig that I haven't tried using on the Mulloway in my region. I might give it a crack. Oh, that's a live bait that I, I can see how they're rigging it up. I can see the sinker weight or the tips on where to cast if you're around a bridge and there's lights and it's nighttime or the currents and the holes. It's that little bit of knowledge that you know you guys take for granted but others will absolutely drool over because you know that, that increases their chances of catching... That almighty catch. Mate, um, what's running at the moment in the sense of bait? Well, at, at the moment, because we're just starting to get back into winter, the mullet are starting to show up now to spawn, mm. and you'll get a lot of jewfish coming in. They love mullet. Um, and we get, around the northern rivers, we get a, a ridiculous mullet run around here. Like I've been doing a little bit of work at the co-op lately, and the boys have had just tons and tons coming in. I think I'll send you a few photos and that. <laughs> Mate, there's a lot of there is a lot of mullet. Obviously, they start down the southern coast and central coast of New South Wales before stretching up in our neck of the woods. Now, uh, as we, we're in winter, 
mate. Um, but the the fish that follow them that that's the fish that you want to target, isn't it? You you, de- you definitely want to try and use what what bait is around at the moment. So if if there's plenty of mullet in your area, you definitely want to try and get a hold of one of those and put that put him back out there, and he he will get railed by a big two fish. Because you're not going to use a, uh, so for example, say a, a foreign bait that the fish are not eating at that time. If they're smashing the schools of mullet going out, then you know, you're going to put a hook in one. Uh, obviously, all yeah. those fish start to move around and, and get everything done. You know, they're, like, they're all sort of uh, tightly knit. But if there's one there that's lagging behind because he's got a hook hanging out of his head, then clearly you know, he's going to be the forgotten one that's going to get smashed because uh, he's not keeping up with the school. He will trail on the outside, uh, and, and and that's a good way. How do you rig your bait, then, boys? Yeah, um, we usually use um, seven O mustard ultra point hooks. Yep. Um, and you can you can do it real simple. You can just put one in the in the nose, or and when we're using these sort of bigger baits like mullet, you'll put one through the nose and then have a second hook running through his back. What about sinkers? Do you need a weight? Yeah, you'd probably want to use a 10-ball weight, something like that. Pretty heavy if you're going to keep him on the bottom. You want to sort of hold him down there a bit. But, um, you know, if there's a lot of action on the surface, if you can see the dewfish busting up, take that weight off straight away and just chuck it back into the ball of mullet. You'll get a hit, for sure. Yeah, mate, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, it, it's about understanding how to weight your bait. What about casting? Where Where would you place... Uh, your bait are you trying to get it into the school beside the school if the schools yeah. are not moving through are you looking for a deep hole or shadows of lights what's the go yeah well where, where we fish the um the deepest point of the river is sort of really close to the um to the bank so you're not casting too far at all um a lot of those mullet when they're coming out to do their spawning they're going to be hiding at the start of the day before the top of the tide so they're going to be underneath jetties they're going to be pushed up right into the rocks. Um, and then when that top of the tide hits, they're going to start to move out into the middle of the river and do their thing. And that's when you want to have the long cast and cast out there. But if you're fishing that earlier period, you'd, you could drop right at your feet, if, you know, if yeah. it's deep enough there. What about gear? Because, uh, you know, some of the jewfish that you catch can be anywhere upwards of, you know, it could be a five kilo jewfish, could be a 30 kilo jewfish. You've got to prepare yep. yourself for the right, have the right tackle just in case you hook onto that monster, yeah? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I use, personally, like an eight-foot um, blue uh, blue water rod, the Shimano brand, um, 15 kilo, 15 to 10 kilo, pretty sure, and it's an 8,000 size reel that I use. Yep. It, you don't want to go too heavy. I only use 30-pound mono, but I'm never putting too much um, pressure on these fish. So I'm only putting about five, six kilos of drag and then just let them run around and do their own thing, you know? You know let them bugger themselves out. Tie them out. Mate, tell me, uh, will they will they run into a snag, a jewfish? Should you uh, let them swim around or should you try and pull them back, you know, pretty pretty quick? What what do you think? Will they will they brook you? Most likely not. Jewies aren't sort of like I don't I don't want to say they're not a smart <laughs> fish because I love them. Yeah. But um, you know, he's sort of not that smart. He's just gonna really run you around a little bit. He's never really going to take you into a snag. You know, he's just going to try and get away as fast as he can, and that's going to bugger him really quick. Tell me about the uh, the hookup procedure 
there, boys, when you uh, you get the bite, okay, you, you might be getting a bite or maybe he's hit it. You, you're using a, a kilogram mullet or maybe a kilo and a half size mullet, a fairly big bait. Uh, you know, you've got your five O's and seven O's hanging out of his head and in his back. What's the deal? Do you let him take the line for, I mean, is there a, a certain amount of period of time that you let him take it? I mean, or does it come down to experience? Because I know I've lost a hell of a lot of fish by giving them too much uh, and also by not giving them it enough. Well, personally, I like to let them run for a bit. You know, you, you can count it out. Like some people say, count to, you know, eight seconds or whatever and then give it a whack. But if you if you run them two hooks, you could basically pick it up and strike it straight away because they've got a big mouth and he's going to have most of that mullet in his mouth yeah. if he's run with it. Yeah. Um, if you're using mono, I, like I, I'm only using 30 pounds, I, I give it a big whack because like, there's so much stretch in that line. You're not really going to break it. It's all right. But, um, yeah, a big whack just to set them hooks is really important if you use a mono. So you use mono over braid? Why? Oh, yeah, 100%, most definitely, in the river for sure. Okay. What about the rod that you're running is in? I know you're saying you're running a fairly long rod around that sort of, you know, uh, I guess it's an eight foot or something, but do you need to have more guts down below or a little less tip on the rod? Like, do you want to have flexibility or do you just want a broomstick? Oh, not not really a broomstick. You know, you want that that bit of um, bit of power in it, like a bit of movement. Um, but at, the bigger rod is just really for rod control, so I can sort of just stand in the one spot and move my rod and make him come back to me. Really. What about fishing? What about fishing? Uh, you know, off the rock walls for lures and all that sort of stuff. Is that something you boys do? Because the mullet move out to sea, obviously. Uh, you know, the fish then move out to the onto the beaches and the local reefs. How do you um, how do you fish those walls? Whether you're using live bait or uh, or, or of course a lure, uh, I'd imagine sinkers would be negligible out there. You you don't want to get the, the bait down into the rocks. You'd want him moving around the surface. Is that on the money? You reckon? Yeah, most definitely. Um, we we personally don't do too much um, rock wall fishing. Yep. But um, I know when the uh, floods are, are coming through and there's a lot of um, dirty water pushing out, a lot of boys around here will pick up a lot of um, white hard bodies. Um, like I know the croakers and that are quite good because they've got the aluminium bibs and whatnot. Yep. Um, and those boys have a lot of success success doing that just with um hard body divers fairly big size you know yeah i guess you you know you've got to emulate the bait and that's the whole key to it isn't it if you can get the right bait that's that they're feeding on uh and get a lure that's matching that whether it's a slow lethargic sort of a a a wobble to it or whether it's a big shad or a hard body you know try and get that same sort of uh, uh bait movement going in into your into your lure yeah exactly Mate, when you go to uh, target the fish, are you hearing for for the natural sound of a of a jewfish slapping or crashing the surface, or if it's a quiet still night, do you bother, or what do you do? Oh yeah, you'll um it, during this mullet run, you'll see the the mullet spawning on the surface, and so the mullet they have to sort of bump into each other to release their um sperm and eggs and whatnot. Oh. So you'll see that sort of like fritting, like splashing on the surface. And then, you know, just after it, you'll hear a big, big thud. And that's the uh, the jewfish coming up and trying to take one of their mullets. So if you're seeing that, I'd recommend you definitely go on to top water. Just chuck a mullet out, no weight. You'll be into them. Would you want to wind him back slowly and get that run? So basically, you know, the, the, the jewfish have got all the mullet balled up. And if you're casting yep. a mullet into the ball of bait 
and then as you slowly bring that mullet out, he's going to be the first one they smash. Realistically, he's the lone the lone pilot moving out of a school. Yeah, that's that's def- definitely the idea. That's the theory. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to go fishing now? You know, you're thinking about uh-huh. it, you're, you're talking about it, and I, I hope you know our guys who are listening to this podcast will be going, man, shit, I just want to go and throw a line in now. I really do, yeah. and I do right now. I'm so you know excited to to go and uh, and wet a line because I know the mullet are running in great numbers. What other baits can you use? Uh, because we see a few other fish coming through this time of the year and other species such as squid. Uh, mate, is there another bait that, that is good? Um, another good bait that you'd probably be using at the moment would be uh, yellowtail, uh, yakis, yellowtail mackerel. Yep. Um, and then once you get into like your, your spring warmer times, uh, there's a big whiting run that comes through, whiting come through to breed, wow. um, and they will be all over them. And then just after that is octopus. And then it all starts again. <laughs> wow, so just change change your, your baits around to, to work well. I used to use a lot of Oki off the Clarence River rock walls, and there was a certain yeah. way of rigging their hood through to a 10 hook, and, uh, you know, you're just winding back in slow. It looked like the Oki was swimming back. But it, uh, it worked really, really well. Um, another yeah. bait that I found working well for Jewfish would be pike. Pike would be a, a very good bait. You get a pike, oh, yeah. and uh, particularly up here on uh, on the Gold Coast, you get a pike, you catch a jewfish. It's it's just that simple. You don't get much else. You'll get a, or you might get yeah. a, a meter long flathead, but you get them. You do get a lot of. Oh, that's all right. Mate, tell me about your bycatch because it's not just the jewies that eat these big baits. There's other things targeting them as well. Yeah, we um, get a lot of big flathead here. Jay's Jay's the master of big flathead. Jay, you caught a big flathead on our segment on Step Outside, mate. That thing was a horse. Uh, mate, what's the biggest one you've caught to date, buddy? Um, so that one went 87 centimetres. Yep. Um, I've also got another one one night there. It went close to about 83, I think. Yeah, okay. They're good fish. Now, yeah. in New South Wales, you can keep a big lizard, can't you? Unlike Queensland, the bigger girls we have to let go. Yeah, so if you want to, you can keep one, one per person. Yep. Um, for me, I'd probably chuck mine back. I'd let the big girls go because, you know, they they, they breed. Obviously, it's a legality up here. We've got to. But, you know, uh, even in the old days before the laws came through of letting the big fish go is that, you know, we'd always let the females go just to ensure future stocks, which is a good thing. Mate, um, what about sharks? Do they plague you guys during this time of the year or is it a bit too cold? Oh, uh, not really. Like, you'll get them... Like around those break walls, but not really where we go fishing, where that episode was filmed. Um, not not really going to catch sharks around there. Like, I'm sure you get the odd one or two, but nothing really. Yeah, it seems uh, you know the summertime is when you get a lot of those shark uh, movements coming coming through uh, for sure, mate. I've, I'll tell you what I have done is I've smelt the jewfish uh, on the surface on a on a tide change. Have you ever come across that when you go down there and you can? Smell the mullet in the water, and you can you can get that taste of the jewfish through your nose. You definitely. Like, <laughs> not too sure if it's just the fish and fever or what it is, but you, there's definitely a smell. Um, I, I know that we talked about it last time you were down here, and they they rub themselves on the sand to bring up worms. They release that sort of um, that right. protein. That's right. And um, <clears throat> which is a very very interesting. Like I, I never really knew that until you explained that to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's very. Uh, it is fascinating, uh, particularly on the beach gutters. If you, if anyone out there listening, is that when you go to a, a beach and you're running down into the water, it's uh, low tide, and you near on break your ankles in those little shallow gutters, and there's lots of little um, inundations across the the, the the sand bank. Is at high yeah. tide, at high tide, the the jewfish lie in those little 
holes, those inundations. And, and uh, yeah, they rub themselves and the worms come out and they, they hit the worms. So in that case, I wouldn't use a mullet. I'd use a big, thick beach worm, like a king worm, as thick as your, your pinky, and uh, put that on and thread him up over a 7-0 or an 8-0 hook and thread him halfway up your tray. So you've got like a 30-centimetre worm and just cast it back into those low-tide gutters, but you go there at high tide when the jewfish are there, and you'll be surprised what you can catch. And, and it actually works really well. Using similar gear to what you're using as well, because you're in close, you don't really yeah. need a really a really big surf rod, but it still does. Uh, uh, it's a good way of catching them for sure. Hey, boys, um, when you go to cook your fish up, what's the favourite way? Because I know you eat a lot of fish. What's your favourite way of cooking a jewfish, and what size is best? Oh, I've, got, I've got to say the old beer, but it doesn't go too bad. Yeah, and... Okay. Uh, Oh, probably, you know, anywhere up to about 12 to 13 kilos because you don't want to get um, spaghetti worms in him. Like, anything above that, like, maybe let it go if you're not too keen on a feed. But, you know, if you really want to take it to your fish, go ahead. It's but, uh, yeah, you'd... more protein, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly right. More, <laughs> I don't, I don't more, mind. More share. Yeah, that's it. I, I do uh, – well, they're the parts you give away. Is, uh, mate, um, <laughs> I, I did notice when I was, again, down in Iluka, I reminisce back there because uh, – yeah, one of the biggest uh, jewfish that I'd seen was actually taken there. It was just on 40 kilos. It was near on 100 pounds. This thing was huge. Wow. And it was really, really, you know, it was a real dark-coloured fish. Uh, and yeah. uh, and that one there came out of the holes of the river, obviously. But, mate, that fish there, I, I had a the the, um, the honour of having a slice of it from one of the anglers who caught it. And, uh, yep. mate, I'd have to say I've never eaten a fish as good as that when it comes to a river fish, like a, a, a Jew fish tasting. You know, the smaller ones are called Soapy Jew, the nickname, because they are a little bit, you know, bleh, how's it going? Uh, but the bigger yeah. ones, uh, like you say, that 13, 14 kilos is lovely, 30 pound. But this big thing, mate, it, it was actually really, really nice. Uh, just had a different flavour to itself, probably from everything it's eaten over the past 50 years. Um, <laughs> but, but it was a really a really nice nice fish, and uh, beer batter is a good way to do it as well. Uh, mate, um, when it also comes down to your leader, what pound leader are you running uh, to ensure that he doesn't bite you off or rub you off? Yeah, um, usually I'd like to use 50 pounds, but, you know, you could sort of step it up to, like, 60, 70 if you really wanted to. Yep. But you're, ne- you're never really putting too much hurt on these fish, so you don't you don't need nothing too massive. And, of course, if you want to get amongst some pretty good gear, jump on down to your local Anaconda store. Now, the teams located in the stores around this magnificent country have a wealth of knowledge. Now, jump into the fishing section, have a chat about where they're biting in your local area because it's the local expertise, that local knowledge that's going to bring you into the zone of catching good quality fish like the boys here at Ballina do. Boys, yeah. I've got to say thank you very much for your time this morning. I, I greatly appreciate it and, uh, you know... I hope you get amongst some fish and I look forward to catching up with you in the not too distant future as we head back down there and uh, and and conquer some other different species of fish. I believe snappers on the agenda for us guys yeah. next. Yes, you got some good spots. I can't wait to take you to the snapper grounds. It's going to be a great episode. And that we will look forward to. Hey, thanks for that, Sean yeah. and Jay. Both of you guys, absolute legends and it's great to have your company and, of course, not just uh, talking to everybody on the podcast but also on our program of Step Outside, which you can catch every weekend, of course, on 7, mate, around this magnificent country of ours. And, uh, of course, there you go, everybody. You've been listening to another Step Outside podcast. Thanks to your company. I tell you what, it's really cool to talk to those sorts of fellas because the knowledge that they have, I don't know about you, but I, I take in every word. I take notes. Hey, until we meet next time, <laughs> mate, you're on bend often.
Take it easy, everyone. Stay here. Stay ready. Oh, yeah.